Hello everyone and welcome to the Link Podcast with me, Elle. If you would like to study this podcast episode as a lesson, an English lesson, I've created one for you on Link using the transcript and the audio. The lesson link is in the description. Link is a fantastic tool for studying content of interest in your target language. You can find anything online and create a lesson with it, working through the words and phrases, saving them to your own personal database. There are vocabulary exercises there for you also. And as well, you can start a language challenge on Link. So I will also pop the link to the challenges page in the description. I'm currently in a French 90-day challenge, which means I am going to hit targets set by Link in French over 90 days. And my goal is to, by the end of those 90 days, have read my first novel in French. So check out the challenges on the challenge page and join me. It doesn't have to be in French. There are lots and lots of languages you can do a challenge in. If you're listening on Google, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, please give us a review, a like, a share or a follow. We really, really appreciate it. Today I'm joined by another wonderful guest. He is a YouTuber. He creates content around learning Japanese. He's also a Japanese translator and an author. Today I am joined by Chad Zimmerman. Chad, welcome. Welcome. Hi. Uh, you are talking me up a lot. I have a lot to live up to just by the intro. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's impressive. It's impressive. Just take it in, you know? I, look, I, I will act in my official capacity, which is YouTuber, because I technically make my okay. income from that. Everything else, although in, I guess in years past, I was paying my rent with it, but with COVID, I'm stuck wow. back here in the States, so I can't do everything I was doing full-time. But uh, I definitely, I can, I can accept YouTuber and hobbyist language enthusiast. Okay, hobbyist, language enthusiast, I like that. Um, whereabouts in the States are you joining us from today? So I'm in Denver, Colorado, the beautiful Rocky Mountains. This is where Excellent. I'm normally from. And okay. I would be in Japan right now, except for obvious reasons, I'm a little bit shipwrecked yes. over here. So Yeah, this pesky pandemic. Um, you when were you it. last? <laughs> when were you last in Japan? So I... Weirdly enough, so I was in Japan. I left to come back here for the holidays. So I left like early December of 2019, mm. right when oh. it was getting hairy. And but mm. mind you, I went through China. So I was in China oh. for a couple days on a late layover in December of 2019. I come home and then by like January, February, they're like, oh, China's popping off. And then I'm just like, wow, that's sketchy. And then all of a sudden everything shuts down and the world's closed. And I'm like, wow, that is talk about just like the Indiana Jonesing the hat yep. under the door. Yeah, exactly. How at the last minute. And so you're stuck, not stuck in Colorado. Colorado is a beautiful place. Yeah, I, I love it here. I just yeah. uh, I'm most of my work is in Japan nowadays. That's like where right. I make all my money. It's where all my friends pretty much since I was 18 are. Mm. So it's it's kind of sad, but it's kind of good, too, because, you know, you get to see the family, you get to be in America for a while and forget why you love it here. Exactly. Yeah. You get to spend that quality time that you it's like a bonus quality time with family, right? If oh, you're definitely. Usually living abroad. Yeah. My mom had a um, hard time when I was gone. <laughs> so. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Did you say you left when you were 18? Yeah, so my first time I was over there, I don't remember if it was 18 or if I just turned 19. It was that, because my, my birthday's in January, and I left mm. that month. But uh, I don't okay. remember which exactly when it was, but I pretty much, I was 
I saw the trap of college. I was like, if I go to a college, I'm going to get $50,000 in debt. Mm. And I have friends that, by the way, uh, even now, they went to school for Japanese. They have degrees in Japanese and they're waiting tables. And I was like, I don't want to be 50K in debt and wait tables. So seeing the trap, I sold everything I owned that wasn't stuck to the ground, (laughs) bought a one-way ticket and went over there, went to uh, language school to start. So ah, okay, and you, did you know any Japanese before you went over? Almost none. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was kind of, I was a bit ballsy back then. <laughs> <laughs> so you went over. You're 18. You go over. You start learning Japanese. And how long ago is that now? How old? Oh you man, too longer than I want to admit. So my <laughs> my first trip when I first went over there, um, it was to try and figure out this like how do I go to school over there. So that uh, trip okay. was only like a month, maybe too long. Uh, I was staying, I was living in a closet at a church for free because I had nowhere to stay. I had How no money. How did that happen? Uh, so, <laughs> I, I mean, I, so I'm a Christian, but I just, I okay. found churches that were in Japan. There's not a lot of them. And I just wrote them and found one that spoke English. And the people were very <laughs> sweet. Uh, but they were like, yeah, if you want to come, come on over. We have this... They said guest room, and then you show up, and it's an actual closet. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm not I'll on the street. I'll take it. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, I did not have a plan to sleep anywhere because I spent all my money on my flight. Right. Uh, so I was over there figuring stuff out, and when I was there, I learned about language schools, and I learned about I, – I met some people that were in translation and interpreting mm-hmm. a, as a career – and they didn't. They either didn't have college degrees or they just got certificates. One of them, that's how I found out about the JLPT, which was a huge theme of my mm. channel until I passed the N2 a couple of years ago. Congratulations. Um, thank you. That took yeah. way longer than I thought. Uh, well, and then... I was just speaking just uh, recently to another uh, YouTuber. I don't know if you know Denny Minsayev? I don't think I do. He uh, cre- He's a YouTuber and also he's Russian and he creates... Uh, YouTube videos about learning Japanese. Anyway, he's trying for his N1 and wow. also same thing. He's like, I got to talk to him. I'm six. going to Russia this winter. I, oh. I had no idea he existed. I will connect you. Yeah. He's, Please um, do. yeah. Here we go. Perfect. Yes. But yeah, JLPT, super, super difficult. I've heard from any, anyone who's taking it, taken it. So it, sorry, carry know. on. So <laughs> it, it takes time, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So I just learned about that path. And then again, it was like, I was faced with this thing where I tried to get into Back home before I left, I was thinking about community college or something. Mm-hmm. And I got no, I applied for FAFSA, which is my country's like, here's free money to go to school. I got nothing. And I was a pretty good student and I had good grades and, uh, you know, self-supporting at that point. So uh, it was just shocked me that I couldn't get anything. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, I can go into all this debt for something. I didn't know if I even wanted to do, or I could just live the thing I wanted to do. I could find a way to do that. And so to this day... I just found a way. So after that trip, I came home and I told my parents, you got one year left with me. I am, I am kabooting over to there and I'm going to go to school. And I was one of the first students, I was in the first group, the first class of students when Genki turned into an actual recognized language school with the state so they could issue student visas. Right. So I was at Genki Jacks, um, but I was also, Genki Jacks is fine, but the truth was, And for anyone that's considering going to language schools, here's some great advice for you. A lot of rich Europeans use that to go to Japan for basically a vacation. So what happens Uh, is 
you go to school and you're serious. You're like, I want to learn this language. I'm going to get fluent. This will, I'm doing this with my life. I want this. And you're in a class full of people that could not be bothered less to care. And so they advertise it as like, oh, you know, the class is all in Japanese and the teachers will only speak to you in Japanese. And these students, like the minute the bell rings, they switch to English. All of them mm. from Germany, from Denmark, uh, from Russia. They just they don't speak in Japanese. And then they all hang out only with each other outside of class time. So like mm. nobody's actually interacting with Japanese people. And that's when I was like, yeah, this school is not going to get me fluent. I need to get me fluent. And so that's when I like I rejected my native language except for YouTube videos and I just head first it. And I met people I'm still great friends with. Um, two of them helped me start my business. One of them I'm helping them start an exporting business from Japan. Uh, a couple of them are like really great friends of mine. One of them's a pro skater. One of them's uh, getting into real estate in Japan. So now he wants to break into America's market. So he you know goes through me. But that, all that started because I was like, I don't even know how to hold a conversation, but I need to learn this language. So I, I think I've told this story before. I don't think you've ever heard it. Um, the way I made the friends that are like my best friends to this day, I was walking through Fukuoka right by Canal City, which is mm -hmm. this big mall by a uh, canal. And there's all these skateboarders that always hang out there. And I just saw them and they looked like they were sweating like crazy. They were so hot. It, it was just miserable. This is like Japanese in July, Japan in July. So, oh, it's, it's horrible. It's like, mm -hmm. I refuse. I will stay inside. And I saw them and I was like, this is my chance. They're roughly my age. They look friendly, but I don't know how to talk to them because I, I was very rudimentary. So I went to a uh, convenience store right by there. I bought $20. It was one of my last $20 because I was a broke student. I sold everything I had to go there. And bought alcohol and water and drinks from the convenience store. And I brought it over them. And I was just like, here. Uh, good plan. Did it work? <laughs> they talked to me till one in the morning all day. <laughs> took me. They took me out to dinner. They took me to the beach. And we all we did the sabiki fishing, which catches these little mackerels about this big. They skewered them and we grilled them on the beach. Like they started a fire and we had a bonfire Amazing. at night. And then they gave me their line, which is like Facebook. And they were like, hey. Do you want to come do this again tomorrow? And I did that every day for six months. And that's what got me really proficient when I was like at my peak, peak of Japanese. Wow. The school so did really nothing. It was slowing me down, if anything. You took it into your own hands, literally. Yeah. <laughs> that's I amazing. Mean, you, anyone that goes, this is the same thing with working out, right? Language is the exact same process. If you go, I need someone to go to the gym with me, you're never going to go because mm -hmm. you'll find someone to go with you and then they'll stop. And then what motivates you? Yeah, you need to be pushing yourself. You need to be your biggest motivator. Mm -hmm. And I found that just going, this school is literally like imprisoning me almost because I didn't want to go. They were too slow, mm -hmm. but I had to go a certain amount of courses. Otherwise I'd forfeit my visa. Uh, oh. And so okay. it, it was this really nasty situation at that point. It's nothing against Genki. They are super nice people, but they know their audience. They're playing to, you know, wealthy Europeans that essentially want a long holiday. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. But I want to be fluent really bad. I want to talk to these people that are like my best friends and like not struggle. Mm -hmm. and, and really connect. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'm sure anyone that's learned a language knows how surface level a language partner is when you're not really deep in the language. But once you're deep in the language, uh, some of my best friends to this day, it's not even Japanese people. They're just people I helped with the language. Uh, the girl who, I have a book, but the girl who draws this book 
I'm helping her with her, she's Russian, so TOEIC, the English fluency test. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. One, one of the best people ever. And we are so close. But it's it's that connection you want with a deep level of language learning. And mm-hmm. you only get that if you have a really deep level of language learning. Right. All right. And at what point then did you become a, a translator? Obviously, you've passed the um, the JLPT N2. Yeah. Which is the second kind of highest. Yeah. So the, it, there's five levels. Is, yes. And N2 is the second highest, I guess. Right. I don't know. If people are listening to this and they're not familiar with Japanese, you could try and use the, uh, what's that, European framework? It, it doesn't oh, fit yeah. very well, but it's kind of like a B2, C1. Mm-hmm. It doesn't okay. fit super well, but it's somewhere in there. Right. Uh, but I was translating before that. And so this oh, is one okay. of the remarkable things that I found out. I know so many people that have like degrees in Japanese, like master's degrees in Japanese, and they can't get a translating job. It's oh. because their Japanese sucks. Hmm. Like, if you can walk into an interview and confidently talk to the person and show them you know what you're talking about and, like, it's just not a problem, why wouldn't they hire you? In fact, they right. could, technically they could pay you less because you don't have the paper next to your name that says Chad Zimmerman, PhD, you know, all the other nice things. So they don't have right. to pay you as well as someone with a degree. So they're actually inclined to give you translation jobs if you don't have a degree, mm-hmm. if you're good. So the N2 doesn't make you good. I know a lot of people that have an N2 that are pretty mediocre. And that's not being, it's not being mean. It's saying that you can study for the test and not study Japanese. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're different things, really. And my thing was for the longest time, I studied Japanese pretty well, but I never studied test taking ever. (laughs) So I was like, I know all the stuff on the test, but I just, I, I can't, I always run out of time. Um, I don't always understand why they're phrasing the test or a question a certain way. And so I knew I had the ability. I mean, passing on an N2 is 50%. It's really not that good. But it's a tough test, though, right? It's it is, a really but tough test. still, 50% yeah. is like mm, on a yeah. test that's like, wow. <laughs> so the thing that I, I learned, uh, and this is part of the reason I do textbook reviews, was, again, it's a big difference between just learning the language and being able to express that language on a test. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're an English speaker. There's a big difference between being in a class and understanding the topic that's being taught, whatever it is, it could be history or whatever, language could be Spanish, and being able to replicate that on a monolingual test of that thing. Yeah, like There's lots sure. of people who can understand a topic or explain it, but they fail tests. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, there's a reason, even at my old high school, they separated English as a second language students, even if they were fluent in English from the normal like you were native born in america this is your first language because there, there's a difference between someone that has like they're born and raised in the language and they understand from the very beginning how that tests are taken in that language how the books are supposed to be read in that language um, how to interact in the class with that language how to interact with the material and someone that although learned it to a proficient level was never exposed to tests or reading assignments or worksheets or whatever. There's just a difference. And it's not, oh, yeah. it's not a bad thing. It's just reality. It's the same thing with me in Japanese, right? I was not born in Japan. There's a lot about Japanese I don't know. And it's not just words or grammar. It's like culturally, there's like a way that they handle tests and test taking. Um, the way that information is presented is different. And you can get mm-hmm. to a point where you're exposed enough to the language. A lot of people do this with crazy immersion that you can almost replicate that native thing and that's awesome 
uh, but I was not there. <laughs> so I kept failing. And then I found these textbooks that are, they're not really teaching the language. They're just helping you articulate what you already know into mm -hmm. a test format. And that's what helped me pass was being like, oh, so there's actually a method to this that I didn't understand. Right. Like being let in on something. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned that you do uh, book reviews, textbook yeah. or Japanese language resource reviews on your channel. Um, what are some of the, the better books that you've come across in these reviews that you've been doing? Oh, okay. I mean, I could talk about, I don't know if there's good. There's standard. <laughs> okay. Right? There's, there's more... Um, normalized methods of learning. So a lot of these books I've held, I've reviewed like over 30 so far. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm the most, like I have the most reviews of Japanese resources on YouTube, but I'm probably up there. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So after holding all of them, most of them are exactly what their category says. Like it's, you know, you have an absolute beginner book or maybe the beginner split into several books, intermediate books, and then I count it as other. I don't think advanced textbooks really exist, in honesty. Mm. Okay. Um, so I would say the bit, the biggest bonus with going with standardized books, so these are books that are widely available, the ones that people most often use, the, the reason you'd want to do that is there's more of a community to help support you if you don't understand something. Rather mm. than going... And mind you, I'm a third-party author, but rather than necessarily relying on a third-party author, because you might be working through uh, this week's review, so the one I'm putting out on Wednesday, is Japanese the Manga Way. It's like teaching you Japanese grammar through manga, okay. which is a really cool book, and I, I have a lot of really positive thoughts about it. But if you're relying on that book as your primary, imagine coming across an issue, and you don't know how to articulate what the issue is. Hmm. Because... What you're saying is, oh, this book explains it this way. So let's say they refer to like koso ado words. So kore, sore, are, dore. Koko, asoko, right? Like the koso ado mm -hmm. words. They call it that, but there's actually a word for that. Like what those words are. There's a grammatical word. Or maybe you're oh. a part of a book that says, uh, it's like e adjectives are, uh, was it keiyoshi? I think. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I never actually learned the actual grammatical terms for those. Because in Genki, which yeah. is the textbook I started with, they didn't teach you, here's what E adjectives mean in Japanese. I just learned what an E ad adjective was, or na adjective. Mm -hmm. Right? I think it's keioshi and keiodoshi, I think. <laughs> I'll let the commenter shred me if that's wrong. Yeah. It probably is. <laughs> uh, but imagine if you came from a background where you were talking about the Japanese term, because that's the book you used. And people are like, what's that? And you don't know how to articulate this as an E or a not adjective. Right. And so there's a safety okay. going with the mainline books. And so what I like to show people is I compare them to the mainline books. So if you want to know if you're a new beginner and you're like, I don't know at all where to start, the mainline beginner books, like the ones that are bread and butter, most communities use them, are Genki, both one and book mm -hmm. two, Mina no Nihongo, both one and two, mm -hmm. um, I would say those honestly make up 80% of the market. Mm. Like On Japanese for busy people. That's a, that's, that's a big popular. one, but that's not the numbers. You can even look on Amazon. Mm. They're not selling anything close to what those other two books sell. Oh, interesting. I was so, thought they were, I used them. So maybe I was biased, well, they, but they used to be really big. I have a couple versions mm. of theirs on my shelf. I really should have done this in my study. I have like a giant wall of Japanese resources. <laughs> um, 
it's all good. But they're just, that's the thing is, there's also, by the way, current. So that's right now, like you're listening to this, but let's say in five years you're listening to this and you go, oh, maybe Genki's still the thing. There very well might be a new thing coming out. In fact, Tobita, which is a really, that one exploded in the intermediate books. Uh, they're putting out a beginner series because they didn't have one. And that one, from what I hear, is really pulling punches with Genki and doing the things that people want from Genki but is not in there. So that very well might take over. But I'm saying, for safety's sake, if you're to... Excuse me, I coughed. For safety's sake, if you would like to go over... You want to learn the language, but you want to be a part of a broad community to help you if you have questions. The mainline books are those two. And then, it, okay. you know, however you split... Uh, pretty much intermediate is like Tobira, still Mina no Nihongo, because they go farther... Uh, and then, what is that other one? Uh, Genki has an intermediate book that's pretty popular now. It's not Genki, it's uh, whoever prints Genki. Uh, an intermediate approach to integrate, or an integrated approach to intermediate Japanese. That's a very long English name. It is. <laughs> so, so those are like the intermediate books. And honestly, after those, it's like, now you're picking hairs. I tried to go into like, like what is it, advanced or late intermediate or advanced textbooks. Um, I mean, you're at a certain point where you hit that. It's just like, you could just use native materials. Right. Like exactly. a dictionary, a grammar, di like a regular dictionary on your phone, a grammar dictionary. Um, I have several of those on my channel I've reviewed. And then just turn on Netflix with Japanese subtitles or read any manga ever and you'll be fine. Like you, you'll have mm -hmm. plenty of exposure to be able to figure out the language at that point. Mm -hmm. Now, tell us about your book, because I know you've written... Oh. A few, but the Japanese resource book that you've written, uh, Learn Kanji with Yokai, is yeah. so cool. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> so that that was really fun. I should have talked about more of my translation work because that also led into me guiding and doing translation uh, with my own business. But mm -hmm. I'll give you guys a, a gist of this. I translated for a long time on my own. I worked, I, I was translating. Originally, I was on those sites that were like, we help you find translation work. And I was always translating mm -hmm. like instruction manuals. For like IKEA furniture, that's one of the that's one of the ones I remember doing. It was all these little dumb projects, and it never it paid, but it wasn't like amazing. And so mm -hmm. I was like, I'm gonna do this stuff on my own. And so I started building up uh, contacts in Fukuoka, where I'm at, with different universities. There's a women's university I worked a lot with, um, and I started doing a lot of translations for robotics companies, uh, for oh, textbooks, for uh, like. I did a lot of translating of teaching materials for teaching English and Japanese at these universities. And that was my kind of big entrance into it on top of Ikea furniture, I guess. But again, they, they didn't ask for a degree. I didn't have my N2 at the time. I was just like, I could walk in and talk to them and go, do you need help? And, huh, and that was enough for them. That was your well, yeah, I mean, I, credentials. If, yeah, if you can enough. speak, mm. who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so the, once that was done, uh, this was, mind you, now I have an exporting business I run in Japan. I have a tour guiding business I run in Japan. And I, do, I still run wow. both of those to this day. Busy. busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a hold of a group of people that are uh, both, they're artists, like they're musicians and, and illustrators and stuff in Russia, learning English uh, through the illustrator of the book. Her name is Svetlana. We met on a language exchange website. And mm -hmm. so we just got together, the four of us. And I, essentially, uh, I remember, so me and her, because we were working on English stuff with her, we were reading, uh, I, I think, I want to say his name right, because I don't speak Russian that great, Afanasif. He's the, oh, he's like the, the brothers, well, he's like right. the brothers Grimm of Russia. Oh, okay. he, he was a, 
was it ethnographer? He, he basically collected children's stories from Russia back in like the late 1800s. Oh, okay. And so what was awesome was I worked with this team. They had access to the original scans of his work, the stuff from the 1800s and they're native Russians. And I've worked with teams in translation before. So I kind of managed a team where I'd go, here's our deadlines, here's our timelines, here's your guys' jobs. Because they haven't, you know, they know the languages, but they've never done the actual task of translation. Mm -hmm. And so they would translate, you know, parts of the text. People would start illustrating it because there's lots of really cool illustrations on the books. And they would send it to me. I would edit the English and they, I would essentially help them learn English while we were doing this cool project. I would send it back. They would look at my English, make sure what I was saying was correct. Because, you know, sometimes they might phrase something and I go, well, here's how you actually say that. And then they go, oh, that's not what I was trying to say. And then we have to call and work that out, right? That's kind of the work of a translator is um, there's a spectrum. So there's like a word for word translation and a thought for thought translation. Okay. And so in that spectrum, and see, I didn't even go to school to be a translator. I just figured this stuff out. But a word for word translation is like the actual word on the page, the equivalent to that mm. word in English, like sheep, sheep, cow, right. cow, right? The problem is sometimes that does not, like if you say just the words and put it in English, it makes no bloody sense. Right. So it's kind of mm. like in English, I think there's this old term, I think you're British or something like that. I can hear from your accent. Yeah. There's well, something yeah. like, he's just sitting with his thumb in his ear and it's like, it means you're kind of being lazy. Okay. I think. I don't think I've had that one. <laughs> or like, what about, kick, so what about kicking your heels? Like you're just sitting there oh, like yeah. not working, right? Mm-hmm. So if I yeah. were to actually put that in Russian or vice versa, you might be like kicking uh, your heels. What the? Right. Right? Because you literally have the word to kick your heels. And then they're like, what? And what it means is you're being lazy. Like go, go do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what would happen is I would understand they're kicking the heels in this metaphor and I would change it. And they would go, no, no, no. This is supposed to mean that the person is lazy. And I go oh, so now we need this. And then I can translate it over more for thought for thought because we're trying, the goal is always word for word, but when word for word doesn't work, you move for changing the words in order to convey the actual meaning the author intended. Right. And, you know, these are just skills you learn when you translate. So anyways, we finished the book. It's awesome. I have it over here. I don't have all of them, but I have this one. Yeah. So if you're into Russian, you can check this out. This is the actual book that we translated ourselves whoop, with our with our lovely team. Uh, and it, you can buy it on Amazon with the rest of my stuff. But this was Excellent. super fun. This was like one of the funnest things I've done. And especially working uh, with them, I just, I don't know, it made me realize I really like doing this for myself. And so me and Svetlana, who was the illustrator, she made the cover of this, which is like super. Amazing. Yeah, she's. Yeah, she's, she's really good. Very, yeah, she's, she's so very talented. good. Wow. She's yeah. a, she's an architect normally, so she even in her career she does oh, wow. like artistry stuff. Uh, and mm-hmm. so we, after that project was done, we were like, oh, breathe out. You want to make another one? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And this time we decided to do it with my expertise, which was Japanese, and that's how we did this guy, which is learn kanji with yokai. And so wow. she illustrated it. I did all the Japanese inside. I have so a cool. I have a hands-on review, so I'm not going to go over it here. But uh, the, this book was like my baby, and this showed me that, <laughs> man, I'm really passionate about helping people learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's different about me and my approach to all this, is there's lots of really great YouTube channels to teach you Japanese. 
you know, you want pitch accent, go to Dogen. You want to like crazy immerse yourself and get really good really fast, go to Matt versus Japan. And th those are my buddies. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're great folks. Um, I'm not trying to teach you Japanese. I'm trying to help you learn mm. as best as learn I can. To learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that could be motivation. Yeah. That could be helping you pick the right resource. That could be helping with like a very particular problem. Uh, I'm not a teacher of Japanese. That's just not what I do. Right. I teach people or at least help them acquire language. That's what I like to do. I like helping. So I teach helping, which is a weird statement. <laughs> but that's what I do with this book. It helps teach you Japanese in a fun way, in a creative way. Um, and it's something that hopefully will make a lot more of these books, not just with yokai, but with anything like learn kanji with geography or some other thing. I really love doing it. But it's that's how this very these... cool idea. Yeah, I, I, I'm very impressed by it, I have to say. Yeah. So she she's wonderful. By the way, she sends her bests. I told her I'd be coming on here. Excellent. Um, but yeah, that's so she's is she based in Russia? Yeah, she's, so she's she's oh, okay. in Moscow right now. Mm, uh, she's okay. a 3D visualizator or something like that, or mm. training to be. But she was an architect forever, so she's just unbelievably talented in art and in languages. She's, like, really good at English, and so the two of us kind of work well together. And so we just kind of go, let's put out a book in six weeks, and then learn kanji with yokai happened. <laughs> Boom. <Yeah>. Did it. <laughs> well, I'll pop the link to uh, the book Oh, in thank the description you. so people can check it out of course and um also i'll pop a link to your channel chad zimmerman uh tell us all of us they're gonna race over and subscribe what you have in store what's the plan for the channel moving forward yeah so the channel is going to keep up with that theme i think of helping you learn i'm not teaching japanese but i'm helping you learn and farther than that, like way beyond even the language, um, I realized that I figured out something that a lot of people really want, which is how can I make a life out of this Japanese? How can I go to Japan and do all this stuff? Maybe you guys saw the trap that I saw of like, yeah, let's just get really into debt and then have no jobs afterwards. That's a great idea. Um, <laughs> and so for people that want to make Japanese a part of their life um, or any language, but I focus on Japanese because that's my main language. I know a little mm -hmm. bit of Russian just from working with these teams, but not enough oh, to, not enough to do very much. Is um, that your next language? Do you think that you'll focus on Russian? Maybe I have no idea. <laughs> I think so because I already. So I had to know. This is a sidetrack, but I had to know Greek and Hebrew because I'm in a master's program right now, oh, and okay. they require oh. you know that because you have to be able to read like ancient texts for my course. Wow. And so I already know like biblical Greek and Hebrew. Uh. That's not hard. There's only 2,000 words, really, in both languages. Oh, okay. Like, it's not, it's not extensive. It's whatever's in the book, and the book doesn't have that many right. words. Uh, but I think Russian might be just because, I don't know. I, I've, I like Russian. It's just, I don't think I'd make a channel out of it very much. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I, I would like my channel to be more universal, like, about mm. linguistics in general, and about right. doing what I'm doing. Like, how can you become a translator um, how can you, like, I run a guiding business. How can I start my own business? I run, I wish I could show you, it's off screen. I have a wall of probably 2,000 manga volumes just right here. And I, I'm an exporter of these. I export them from Japan to here and I sell them. I have uh, oh. used denim jeans from America that I sell in Japan for a lot of money. So that's on this side. I have my, Japanese, yeah, my <laughs> Japanese fly rod company. I export Japanese Tenkara rods. Over there, I'm right. looking at them. So I found a way 
without everyone says you need oh just get the degree and then go teach english over there and be miserable because everyone knows how horrible that job is everyone likes to say it's fine and we all know it's not a fun I job. I did it, you know. Ah, it was, I did it too. It had, its, it had its ups and downs for sure. Yeah. I, you see how you answered that to me? That tells me what you don't actually want to say. Hmm. I think most people do that as a cop-out because they go, I want to live in that country and this is my way to do it. Mm-hmm. And what I want to yeah. say is there is a way to, to build your life that way and I want to help people mm. do that. There's and another way, right. There's yeah. another way, yeah. and it's your way. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, even for me, I haven't had a boss, like an actual boss, since I was 18. I've worked for wow. myself, and I'm almost 30. I'm, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I'm almost 30. It's okay. <sighs> <laughs> but... Thirties are the best. The just, the best. Ah. <laughs> ah, don't, ah. Okay, breathe. <laughs> so, I've, I've been self-employed. I found a way, and I just want to help yeah. other people because I have gotten so much joy and benefit and fun i've met my best friends um i have made things i never thought would be made my life is completely changed because of japan and japanese and i didn't do it the way that everyone else told me i had to Mm -hmm. and so that's what i want my channel to be is so if you guys are interested hopefully after this if you find me at all charming uh you can go check out my (laughs) channel i'm chad zimmerman on youtube uh and I put out a video every single week and it's either about Japanese or Japan. Obviously the Japan side is a little slow right now because I'm not allowed in. So those videos are, (laughs) those videos will come. But when I'm allowed back in, you'll get a lot of content about living in Japan, working in Japan, what it's like, how I did it, uh, as well as all the other countries I did. I just got back from Georgia, put out a 40 minute video there. I'm going to go to Russia this winter, obviously. So Lots of really cool, interesting language things that I never thought I would get to do all because of Japanese. So if that sounds cool, maybe check me out. Fantastic. Yeah. And I'll pop, like I said, I'll pop the uh, the link to your channel in the description along with your book. Um, listen, Chad, this was such a great chat. Thank oh, you so, so much, much for joining us. And um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your evening no you're in you're an hour ahead so enjoy the rest of your day yeah i'm right i'm right next to you so thank you (laughs) so much for having me this was really really fun it was great thank you chad bye-bye bye